Father, we thank you, my God. Thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house, Lord. Thank you so much, my God. Thank you so much for the privilege that you have given us to be here today, my God. We thank you for each and every one of the individuals that are in this place, my God. Father, I speak peace. I speak peace. Father, anyone experiencing torment, Father, I speak peace. Peace in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. God is in this place and there is peace in him. Praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. God's presence is so tangible. And I pray that if you're not feeling anything, just know that God is by your side. One thing I learned in my walk as a Christian is that not all the time I'm going to be feeling things and I'm going to be feeling God's presence. But one thing I know, he is by my side. Whether I feel him or not, he is by my side. He is by your side when you are broken, when you are in need. He is by your side and you need to grasp that. Grasp it. Think about it, digest it. God is with you. We don't serve God with just our feelings. We serve him because we get to know him and who he is. So understand that even when we don't feel our hearts, they betray us. One day I'm okay and 10 seconds later I'm not. So I cannot be serving God with just what I feel. But I serve God with what I know. He is God. He is God. Jesus is God over all. Jesus is God over all. Jesus is God over all. He is God over your problems. He is God over your infirmities. He is God over the enemy. the Lord give him a, a round of applause if you know why you came in this building today give God 30 seconds of praise right now I'm not sure why you came why you showed up 
I don't know what, what was your motivation. I don't know what stirred you this morning, but I came to give God praise. I came to give him praise. God, I came to give him worship. God, you're worthy. He's worthy of your praise. He is worthy of your praise. He deserves it. He deserves it. We got to praise him. We have to praise him. He's the king of kings. He is alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the firstborn of the begotten, full of grace and truth. We have to praise him. We have to praise him. We have to praise him. This is his place. 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 This is God's house. Before it's my house, it's his house. Before it's your house, it's his house. And, and his grace opened the door. The blood of his son opened the door. The blood of his son opened the tomb. There was a barrier, and I was locked on the other side. And on that side, I was stuck in there with my sin. On the other side was my shame. But his blood, his blood, his blood opened the door and allowed me to boldly come, to boldly come. has allowed me to boldly come. Hebrews 4 tells us that we do not have a high priest that is, that who cannot empathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we were tempted, but without sin. And then it says, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. And the crazy thing is that someone woke up this morning filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were excited to come to the house of God. And now they're here. And it's easy to lift their hands. But the truth of the matter, there was someone who woke up possessed. There was someone who woke up struggling. But the Bible says that both, 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 both can boldly come. We both can come. The person filled with God's presence and feels him so close and feels him in such a real way that they get that tingly feeling on the inside of them. That's real, that's real, that's real. The Holy Spirit is so powerful, it can affect your physical body and you feel it. But then there's that other person that woke up with torment and self-doubt and such condemnation over themselves and unworthy to come to church, unworthy to come to the house of God, feeling useless and feeling worthless. But God tells us we both can come today. We all can come today. Someone's not doing something here today because they are better than the other person. Today it's them, tomorrow it's us. But that is the power of why we come. So that the brother that is strong, so that the sister that is strong, so, so the person filled with the Spirit can speak words of life over the person that is locked in the tomb. And so we come to a God that is real, and we come to a God that is able, and we come to a God that is more than willing, who has the power of life and death in his hands. Don't be afraid of the one that can kill the body, but be afraid and fear the one that has power over the soul. We don't come to check that we went to church today. Jeez, how we missed it. I gotta go because this is what I grew up doing. I gotta go because this is what's in the agenda. And we're even desensitized to coming to the house of God that when we get here, we even miss it. We've been speaking in my house, and, 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 our, and Pastor Daniel, our son, said, he's talked about this. He said, imagine being at the, right, at the right place at the right time, but then you were the wrong person. We were there. We were there. You know what's crazy? When Jesus hung on the cross, his mother was there. John, the disciple, the beloved, was there. And he spoke words to them, said, Look, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. 
But while John was there receiving a prophetic word from Jesus on the cross, there were soldiers piercing him at the side, missing it. Two people there in the same place, in front of the Messiah, crucified for their sins. And then he had to utter this prophetic word, forgive them for they know not what they do. Are we in church and God saying, forgive them for they know not what they do? While one is receiving revelation and coming to life before God, another one is missing and piercing the Father at his side. And God is saying, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. So why did we come today? Why did you come today? I pray today will be life-changing that you never come into this place with the wrong motive. You know how many times I've missed it? I'm not saying this because I got it every time. I've missed it too. You know how many times I preached and missed it? <laughs> how many times have we sung a song and missed it? How many times we led a song and missed it? How many times we played the instrument and missed it? How many times we opened the door and missed it? How many times we served children and missed it? God forbid we ever miss it because this is his place. And this is his time. And I want to watch football later on. And I want to stop at Publix and get me a chicken tender sub toasted with, with spinach. And, and, and that's in the back of my head. But God forbid, don't make me miss it because of Publix. How easy we can miss it. And like my wife says, thank you so much for praying for us. During a time of need, during a time of needing to rest. Today I tell you, this church is yours as much as it is ours. And thank you to everyone that kept the vision going, even when we were sitting. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. Not many pastors could sit down and then come back and the congregation is there, let alone thriving, let alone entered another dimension, let alone unlocked another mystery, let alone receive a new key of the kingdom. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen everywhere. So thank God for being the sons and daughters of God. I know many of you have been asking me, Pastor, when you're coming back, I'm so excited to hear you. So excited to hear you. I just want to hear you. Trust me, I receive your love I receive it, and I'm so glad that you love me as a person. But, but please never think that the word of God is disclosed to one person or locked in one person. And I thank God that I feel like we're getting that. We feel like we're getting that. Let me tell you, I haven't been here speaking for two months, but I tell you, every time we walked into this building, God spoke. Every youth service, God spoke. Every Bible study, God spoke. Everything we did together, God was in the midst of. I didn't need to be here for God to be speaking. So I'm so glad that you, you're glad that I'm back. But really, don't expect something from me. I'm just like you. Coming to church, man, he better tell me something. He's the man of God. She better say something because she's the woman of God. She better pray something. They're the child of God, and I need to hear from God. Just like you, tired like you. Sometimes empty like you. Sometimes broken just like you. Confused at a crossroads just like you. Sometimes battling a demon just like you. Oppressed just like you. Hurting just like you. Sick just like you. It was just a couple of weeks ago that I was able to speak to my pastoral counselor about the struggle of my life as a communicator and pastor. I said, I have lived with this pressure, have lived with this pressure that I'm only as good as my last sermon. Don't matter what you said before. Don't matter how you said something and it set someone free before. It doesn't matter if you said something that brought deliverance before. Every time you go up to speak, every speaker knows this. You maybe didn't know how to put it into words, and I didn't know either, but I was finally able to say, this is, this is what I've been, this is the thing that's been killing me. The pressure of being only as good as my last sermon. And that's what, and the crazy thing is that's what the enemy does to all of us. Mother, you're only as good as your last meal. Father, you're only as good as the last time you spent with your kid. The last time, you're only as good as that moment. 
You only last good as your last thing you executed at your job that was on your deadline. And we measure everything by our last performance, which then puts pressure on us to perform again. And then we start becoming performers rather than being engaged with what we're doing and having real relationships with our children and, and being really connected to the things that God put in our hands. And, and, and I've battled that for years. And trust me, I knew I was coming back saying, oh, my God, I'm only as good as my last sermon. It was two months ago. I'm only as good as my last sermon. What am I going to say now? And I was almost falling into the routine that Pastor Michael spoke about, how we're conditioned to think a certain way. I'm like, I got to get my sermon ready because everyone, every one of you want me to say something really good. And I, I was conditioned. I got to get my three points and I got to get my title. We got to get a design going. And that's how my mind was thinking. I'm only as good as my last sermon. And, man, my last sermon was pretty good. So many people talked about it. I'm only as good as my last sermon. And then I realized that it's not my word. I had to realize, see my insufficiency in myself and see the insufficiency in my performance. It's not about my performance. And I came to this place where I'm like, God, it's you. God, it's you. It's not even me. Are you crazy to think it's someone else other than God? Are you crazy to think that when you're ministering, it's anyone other than God? Because God uses you repeatedly and gives you a prophetic word. Are you crazy to think that that is you? Because you have a gift of an instrument to sing, to worship, to do something. Are you crazy to think that it's anyone other than God? And so humbly we have to come. And today I come to you humbly knowing I'm just a man like you. And I said, God. I want to do this from a place of rest, not of pressure to outperform myself because then I would be missing it. Even if what I put together satisfied them, I would be missing it with you. And what good is it if I preach to others and they're saved and I myself become a castaway? And trust me, I've been praying what to say, what to say when I finally get up here. I said, God, I just need to say your word. We talk about wanting to hear from God all the time. I bet you if I asked you, what is your frustration? Tell me, in private. What are you frustrated when it comes to your relationship with God? You would say is, I'm not sure if I hear him. I'm not sure if that's God speaking. I'm not sure if I hear God leading me and guiding me. Anyone? Show of hands. We'll all, everyone close their eyes, but if it's you, just lift up your hand. I'm not sure I hear God. I'm praying, but I'm not sure I hear him. I'm reading, I'm not sure I hear him. I'm fasting, I'm not sure I hear him. I'm coming to church, not sure I hear him. And I said, God, I want to be guaranteed today that everyone heard him. I want it to be a guarantee, not, not by my own power, not by my own might, but by your spirit. But by your spirit, I want to know. And this is what God placed in my heart. I'm going to read to you the word of God. I'm going to read to you the word of God. But not just something random. If I told you, do you want to speak to God or do you want to speak to Jesus? Who do you want to talk to? Trick question, they're one and the same. But if we could have the man God, Christ Jesus, who went to the cross for us so that we can have a relationship with God the Father, then how powerful would it would be if we could say we heard from Jesus today. If we put out flyers and promoted for the past three months that we have a guest speaker. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. How many people would show up? How would we fill the church? We'd have to run a coliseum. If we said Jesus himself was speaking in the building, and I can guarantee you that it was him. We say, man, that's crazy. You got connections like that? <laughs> Pastor, who you know that I don't know? The crazy thing is, we can guarantee that we can hear from Jesus. And today I want to share with you the first recorded lengthy sermon from Jesus himself. 
It's not the first message he preached because the Bible tells us before what we're going to read, that he was preaching repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But that's all it says. It's a verse that says that. But we have in the gospel of Matthew three chapters of Jesus' first full-length sermon to multitudes of people. Would you be satisfied in hearing from Jesus today? Would you be upset if I said, I'm not going to preach to you, but you get to listen to Jesus today? If I told you we were going to open up the Bible and read his word, would you be angry? Would you be disappointed that I decided to let Jesus speak to the church? Because we all think we have something to say. We live in a world where we all think we have something to say. I was listening to Pastor Francis Chan. He talked about it, how we think we all got something to say. We live in a social media world where I got to tweet what I feel, post what I feel, and I got to have an opinion about everything. And he went on to say, does our opinion even matter that much? A life that's been on this earth for 20 years, 30 years, in comparison to God who never had a beginning and has no end, that we would take the altars and give our opinions? Are we crazy to do that? Is it really worth me spending five hours in the week, 10 hours in the week, preparing for my own thoughts and motivations and inclinations of my heart to tell you something that I think will help you? Or is it more worth it for me to share what Jesus has already said? Here's the crazy thing. If anyone is disappointed in their heart, it just reveals where your relationship is at with Jesus. Where my relationship is at with Jesus. That I'd rather have another guest speaker in here than to be joyous about that we're gonna read together the first sermon, the longest recorded sermon of Jesus our Savior. And here's the crazy thing if we pay attention to this, I guarantee you it will speak to every single person in this place. Are you ready? Let's pray. I feel we got to fight in prayer real quick. Prayer is communication with God, but it's also spiritual warfare. So, Father God, we come to you humbly as a church, as brothers and sisters, Lord God, in humility and meekness, Lord God. Our, our spirits are bowed before you in reverence, Lord God, today. We look to you, we beseech you, O great King, mighty one, King of Israel. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord God. You are the giant slayer, Lord God. You are the seed divider, Lord God. You are the vision giver, the prophecy giver, Lord God. You're the God that answers by fire when your sons and daughters pray and ask for a sign. This is who you are, Lord God. You are Alpha and the Omega, Lord God. You are the beginning and the end, Lord God. You are above, not beneath, Lord God. You are before all things, Lord God. You never had a beginning. You always existed, and you will continue to exist, Lord God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Lord God. And we look to you right now, Father. We look to you, and we ask you, Lord God, to be in this place, Lord God, for your presence to rest as we read your word, for not to be anyone's spirit, for not to be anyone's motives, for not to be anyone's heart, but your own, Lord God. Spirit of the living God, come into this place, Lord God and we fight in prayer we come against the enemy right now we come against the workings of the enemy right now we come against every foul spirit every demonic spirit everything that is not of you that is contrary to your purpose for us as a church as family as community we come against it and we cast it down in Jesus' name we come against witchcraft done against our church we come against curses spoken against our church we come against everything that was done against us in hatred in malice in jealousy Lord God in envy we cast it down we uproot it right now if it touched any of us if it touched any of our homes if it touched any of our spirits we take it out of our heart right now we come against divisions and dissensions Lord God we come against hatred we come against envies and jealousies Lord it has no power in this place Lord God we come against warlocks that spoke hexes against this church Lord God 
during this time, the month of October. Many of us don't believe it. Many of us are clueless. Many of us don't care. But this is high. This is a, a high season for satanic activity in the occult right now. As we're in here praising God, there are sacrifices being made. There's blood sacrifices that have already been made. Preparation for this time of the year. There have been children that have been sacrificed all in towards satanic worship right now. There are animals that have been slain innocently towards satanic worship. And there's, 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 there's spiritual wickedness in the high places. That might be some of the pressure that you've been feeling in the environment around your home as you're driving through your community. But we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. We come against it right now in the name of Jesus. I declare Matthew 16. You gave us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Loose your people. Loose us right now. Father, surround us with your Holy Spirit. Surround this campground with your Holy Spirit. Bless this campground. Bless the land right now in Jesus' name. Enlarge us, Lord God. I pray in the spirit of Jabez for you to enlarge our territory, Lord God, and that your hand be with us and that you will keep us from evil and not cause us pain. Enlarge our tents, Lord God. Spread us. In Jesus' name, we are yours. And now we'll read. You can be seated. You can remain standing. But we're going to read God's word. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Multitudes has followed Jesus up a mountain. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Multitudes have come. The disciples are there. Have you come to hear from Jesus today? And here's the sermon that begins right now. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Anyone poor in spirit? Anyone poor in spirit? Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Reading this, I come to the understanding, the revelation that being poor in spirit is the prerequisite for inheriting the kingdom of God. As long as you think you are self-sufficient and you have enough to save yourself, that is what will exclude you from tapping into the grace of God. But it's when we all come to that place, regardless of money, position, posture in this world, when we understand that we're actually poor in spirit, deprived in spirit, and that we need God, that is when the kingdom of heaven opens up to us. So the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I wonder if many of us are not satisfied is because we have not found righteousness. And so we are wanting, we are straining, we are hungry, we are thirsty, because we have went after our own lusts and have not been satisfied. But he says, blessed. Are those, in, that, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. God wants to fill us today. God wants to fill you today. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I know you don't want to forgive them. I know it's been one, two, three times, but blessed are the merciful, for we shall experience mercy. Sometimes we look at someone and say, man, why God gave them so many chances? I could count all the times they've been wrong. But you fail to see how many times they've been merciful to someone else. And now God has bestowed more mercy upon them. Do you need more mercy today? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. How is our heart? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Are you a peacemaker? Or those when a bomb go off, you fan the flames. When a bomb goes off, do you throw more wood into the fire to see how much more can come to the ground? No, I don't do that. I don't have it. No. When someone comes bearing accusation against a brother or sister, do you add to it? That's fanning the flame. That's putting more wood into the fire. Are you an instigator when problems arise? This says that the peacemakers, trust me, you don't got to know both sides of the story to put peace in. You don't have all, gotta have all the evidence to be a peacemaker. 
learn to find the peace of both sides and bring two people together. God said those people will be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. If we serve God and do church in a way that there's no persecution, I think we have to ask ourselves, are we really serving God? Because the early church and them serving the Lord, the first apostles, the disciples in the book of Acts, they served God in such a way that persecution came against them. If no one's saying nothing against us, if spirits are not fighting against us, I would question if we're even fighting the good fight. So we will be persecuted for righteousness. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are the light. Or have we turned off our switches and disconnected from God himself? And now the world remains in darkness from my lack of connection to God. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his, to his brother or sister, Raka, which just is, it was like another word of uh, speaking down to your brother, insulting them, uh, insulting their intelligence, speaking down to them. Uh, Raka is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of fire of hell. Before that, the standard was, I shouldn't murder my brother. Now the new standard is, you shouldn't hate him either. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the, at the altar, if you remember while in the middle of worship, while in the middle of offering, while in the middle of sacrifice, while in the middle of giving something to God, look what's up. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Is there anyone that can stay in the building right now? We... we might as well dismiss the sermon right now. <laughs> this is how God looks at our worship. To come and worship but have resentment and bitterness and hate, you know, fights going on. Like, it's not how God wants us to bring our worship to him. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is talking, taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. Remember that one? But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Would anyone have eyes right now? We'd have to borrow eyes to throw out. <laughs> Men and women. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. Would anyone have hands?
we'd have to borrow from our feet. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, in other words, adultery, makes her a victim of adultery. In today's world, people getting divorcing their wife, divorcing their husbands. Oh, because he don't talk to me. He don't pick up after himself. She's a little lazy. You marry them? Work on that. Again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. Stop making empty promises, vain promises. Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord your vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne. Don't swear to God. Stop swearing to God. Or by the earth, for it is his footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head. Stop swearing on your own life, too. For you cannot even make even for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone, wants, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go, to, to go a one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Good job, Darren. Those $26 will give you a greater blessing. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'm sorry, but some of you got to stop reversing the curse to them. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. Someone says something against you to kill you. God, no, kill them in Jesus' name. Someone's, someone got some witch worker to put sickness over you in your household. God, rebuke it. Go on there, kids. I send it back to them. Whoever gave my wife shingles, give it back to them more. <laughs> Sounds right. I reversed the curse in Jesus' name. No, send it back to the pit of hell. Bless those that persecute you. Pray for those that have done harm to you. That's what Jesus said. So don't say, hey, pastor said something. No, Jesus said something today. Look, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on, on the he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? In that context, tax collectors had a bad thing about them, so that made sense in context. To them, they, they, they picture the tax collectors as evil people. So Jesus is saying, are not even the tax collectors evil people doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. This is not saying not to practice righteousness. It's saying not for the motivation to be seen by others. Well, I ain't going to be righteous because God said not to be practicing my righteousness to be seen by others. No. <laughs> practice the righteousness. Just don't do it to be seen by others. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. What is the motivation of you praying? To be seen? That's not the way to pray. 
This is not saying never pray publicly, never to pray out loud. It's just saying don't do it for the motivation to be seen by others so that they can think that you're something when we are not. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Here's another thing. If prayer time ends for you when you run out of words, you have missed the power of prayer time. The more words you say in prayer doesn't make your prayer that much more. The important thing is that you're praying from your heart to God. And after you speak the words that he already knows you're going to speak, which just establishes relationship, then wait for him to answer. So spend just as much time in silence and meditation as you do ushering words to him so that you can finally say, oh, I heard from God. Sometimes the reason why we haven't heard from God is because we talked the whole time and then ended prayer time after we had nothing else to say. And then walked out the, pr the prayer closet, said, man, God don't speak to me. God's still in the room waiting for you to go in, this time with your mouth shut. <laughs> this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive uh, as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins as Jesus said when you fast do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disguise so they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting you don't got to walk around like this because you're fasting. Um, uh, I'm sacrificing for the Lord. All for the honor and glory of the Holy One of Israel. Man, comb your hair, brush your teeth, get yourself a nice fade, put your tacos on and go to work, be in meditation, go home, lock yourself in the prayer closet, talk, let him speak fast but when you fast put oil on your head in other words comb that hair <laughs> wash your face brush them teeth too so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin vermin are pests that destroy crops and eat up crops and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you, are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which are here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothed you, you of little faith? God cares for you. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Last chapter, you're hanging in there? Do not judge or you too will be judged. 
For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is why we need to be merciful. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out your eye when, when, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. Jesus basically just said, because they're real. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. This is why we have to seek for the fruit of the Spirit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. God forbid that is who we are. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What are you going to do? What are we going to do with the words that we heard from Jesus? Are you going to say, great? Thanks, Pastor. Are you going to take the words that he's spoken, take them into your spirit, us take them into our heart, for them to govern us? The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great clash. Crash. 28, when Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. Now I want to read Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. The word that we just read will not return empty. But will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. This is God's word to the church today. God, we thank you today, Lord. We thank you because we do not need to add to your word, Lord. We don't need to add to your word. We don't got to give more to your word. Your word is pure. Your word is holy. Your word is righteous, Lord. Father, we thank you for, for speaking to us. We thank you because we have access directly to your word, Lord. I pray today that this church will become a place that does not seek, Lord God, does not seek, Lord God, that which men can offer, but only seek what your spirit can offer, Lord God. Let us be a church that seeks after your spirit, Lord God. A church that seeks after your presence. A church that seeks after you, Lord. Now we ask you for your word to help us, Lord. 
Your perfect word, Lord God, has come to our imperfect hearts and our imperfect minds. My heart's not perfect. My mind's not perfect, Lord. I read your word with humility, Lord God, and ask your word to help me. Help me within my own being, Lord. Help me within my own mind, Lord. Help me within my own desires. Help me within my own motivations. May your word change us today, Lord God. May your word start to shape us and help us and lead us and to guide us into all truth, Lord God, into all wisdom, into all decision. That's why we look to your word and don't look to a man's word, Lord God, because your word is untainted, Lord. Your word is unperverted, Lord God. Your word is holy and your word is sacred, Lord God, and we need your word, Lord God. So we ask you to continue to speak to us through your word, Lord God. Help us to meditate on the words. I pray that someone will go home and read this again, Lord, and read it over and over and over and over again, Lord God, because until the word becomes real in their life and true in them, Lord God, and they're challenged by the word that you spoke to us, for us to love our neighbor, Lord God, for us to forgive those that have committed offenses against us, Lord God, for us to be the light of the world, Lord God, for us to be the salt, Lord God. We pray all these things that this word becomes real to us, that we would feel Fear your, fear your word and honor your word and have reverence for you, Lord God. We ask you that your word would transform us into the place, Lord. For your word to transform us into the place, Lord. From us personally first, Lord. It's so easy to take this word and apply it to someone else. It's so easy to take this word and say, yes, my brother needs this. And yes, my sister needs that, Lord God. How many times I've been guilty of taking this word and casting it on a brother or sister, Lord God. Casting it towards an enemy of mine, Lord. We're hearing your word tells me to love them, to bless them, Lord. Father, so help us to take your word and take it for ourselves, not to miss it, not to be here and miss it, Lord. Help us never to be in this place and miss it, Lord, and miss you, Lord. So, God, that we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for speaking to us today, Lord God. I pray that this word blesses all your people, Lord, regardless how young we are, regardless of how mature we are, Lord God. You spoke, you spoke to Samuel as a child and he heard you. I pray that you speak to every person in this building, young and old, Lord God, to the youth. May this word come alive to them as they study your word and go deep with your word. May it come alive to them, Lord. May it shield their heart and guard their mind and build them up to be the men and women of God that you call them to be. May this word take us adults, Lord God, and make us mature finally, and grow us, Lord, grow us and change us, Lord, by the power of your word. Father, we submit this church over to the power of your word, not our own. May we never come up here and speak from our own flesh, but you, Lord God. We're flesh and we're flawed. We're flesh and we're imperfect, but when we come up here, may it be your word and your word alone, Lord. So, Father, I thank you because your word says it's not going to return void as the rain and snow come and don't return until it waters, giving seed to the sower and producing crop. God, that is how I pray your word is today. That has gone into our heart, Lord. It has gone into our heart. I pray against stony heart right now. I pray against the wayside. I pray against storms, the cares of this world choking it. And I pray that it has fallen on fertile ground and that it bears fruit in our lives, Lord God. May the fruit of the Spirit be prevalent in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church says, amen. Pastor Michael. Praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Praise God. What, what an amazing message that we got from Jesus today. Amen. amen. Praise God. Bold move, Pastor. Bold move. What an amazing